I'm no longer bound, I'm no longer chained, I'm no longer captive, no longer restrained. Delivered, set free, and free to be me. Let me introduce myself. Welcome, everybody, to Be the Light. This is Pastor Zach here Robinson, and I am interviewing Apostle Brian Feliciano. We talked about rejection from the church. Church hurt is something that a lot of people is actually currently dealing with. Sometimes they don't even want to go back to church. We also had a chance to talk about your mind, your will, and your emotions. So if you have dealt with any of these things, please tune in because this is a show you don't want to miss. My name is Frida. Welcome everybody to Be The Light. This is Pastors at Kira Robinson and today I have Apostle Brian Feliciano with me. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am good. And so as everyone know, this show is about your journey, your testimony and what God is doing in your life. Okay. But we all first, we have to know, okay, we have to get into the good details of how he got to Christ. Okay. And so I met um, Apostle Brian actually on TikTok because, you know, TikTok is hot right now. And I was kind of just scrolling through and I saw his um, feed and I just stopped and I was like, wow, you know, he has a good ministry. And I wanted him to be able to share that ministry with us all. Um, he does more than just, you know, record videos for TikTok. OK, he's he's actually he's, he travels to give the word of God and God is doing some good things through him. But of course, we want to hear from you about what have your journey been like? I don't know if you were born and raised in church or if there's something that you end up getting your life together and came over to God. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what have your journey been like? Well, for starters, my it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have this opportunity to be able to speak about my testimony. And not only that, but to meet you as well. Um, it's a pleasure to meet you. But like um, my journey actually has been such a glorious, wild roller coaster all in one. Just to really get into the deep things about my journey. I was raised in church. I was born and raised in church. I've seen ministry all my life. I've seen um, the Lord do so many glorious things within the church. And um, not only that, but I have went through certain things in my life that really made me who I am. Uh, My story is a little bit different. My journey in Christ actually has been has been just a remainder of years where there was a lot of pressing. There was a lot of crushing. The Lord truly uh, worked with me in the church. I mean, I've been through so much rejection in and outside of the church. Uh, I was suicidal once. Uh, I was depressed once. I was anxious once. So I can really relate with the others that do go through certain things like that because back then in school, I was always advocating for those that were bullied. I literally led um, a bullying prevention team before. It was a program for many young people that were getting bullied as I was. Um, And not only that, but I was uh, always going through such rejection in the church. There, God really set me free. He really healed me from that rejection. And as well, there was just a lot of like religion I really, I'm the type where I love to seek after the real thing, and that is Jesus. And just in my journey in Christ, it's always been, it's always been God 
just God and me. Uh, there was just times where there were times I didn't hear God. I wasn't really prophesying the word of God like that. I really wasn't flowing in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. It took really it took time for me, even though God always had me, and He's so gracious, but He always had me in this accelerated pace. And growing up, no one really understood. No one really understood the advancement that God was constantly just gracing me with. And people would just be like, he's just too mature for his age. I'm literally like, literally like 10, 11, 12 years old in an advanced rate and already mature in God and maturing in God. And as a teenager, I was just maturing and maturing and maturing. And God used to start speaking to me. There was one time God really used me for his glory to really just flow with with the gifts of his spirit and not only that but there has been just so many years where i have i have experienced i've experienced betrayal i've experienced the memoration the gossip sometimes outside of the world in the world it was it's just been a real a really real wild roller coaster um and what i can say is that throughout all those years of what god has done in my life um, he's actually showed up. He's actually showed out in my life. Um, there are times where there were times where I did went through certain things like losing a house, losing the car, losing all that stuff. And God really having to strip away certain things in my life in order for us to like, for me to realize that all that I can depend on was him. Yes, absolutely. I wanted to go back. I was trying to take some notes because I was like, I don't want to forget. <laughs> but um, what I want to ask you, because I want to go back to rejection. I don't think I was able to talk about a lot of rejection on the show yet. And this is going to be one of the first times. Um, let's talk about that because a lot of people is church hurt. OK, they go through they go to a church that they really like and then somehow something happens. OK, and then it gives them a different perspective and they see church different and then they don't want to go back to the church because they have been hurt by the church. And, you know, the church is supposed to be a place where it's supposed to make you you heal. It's supposed to help you heal and make you feel peace and happiness and joy, you know, all the good things. But there are some times where. Some people go to church and they get hurt. You know, I've been church hurt. Okay. Within the past, I want to say probably about a year ago, very hurt, you know, serving in a church for about four years just to be done the way that me and my husband's husband was done. A lot of people probably would stop, but we continue to press through because a lot of times when, um, especially as I, as I was, you know, older now and know that I'm doing the right thing, especially following Christ and doing what he has asked me to do. I knew that that was coming from warfare from the enemy. And that's what right. a lot of people have to realize is that when you are going through church hurt, you have to understand that the people that are hurting you in the church may be still bound Christians. They may, may still need deliverance themselves. They may still need some right. inner healing themselves. And so for, for unfortunately, Everybody don't believe in those things, you know, but what happens is hurt people hurt people. Okay. And so in the church, we're, we're not supposed to be hurting people. We're supposed to be helping people. And so, um, one of the things that me and my husband was saying, like, if we ever lead a church, we want to make sure that our leaders and everyone have been through inner healing been through deliverance. Okay. And you have worked out your issues <laughs> because we don't need to be putting our issues on someone else. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about how the, how you were hurt in the church and what were some different things that you did to overcome the hurt? Oh, that's really actually a good question. Um, the way I 
the way the Lord helped me to get set free from the spirit of rejection, um, I also had I also had an orphan spirit along with that. Oh wow! Okay. I was feeling very abandoned in the church. There was a lot of people where you'd be midway in the conversation, they'll walk away from you. They would overlook you in ministry. I was literally overlooked in ministry where they will use other people instead of using me. I'm not just me-centered. I'm not trying to speak from a me-centered perspective. But, you know, when you have a zeal and a passion for God and you're just ready to go all out for Jesus, sometimes you may be very overlooked and they'll use others instead of you because some people are just blind to the, the potential in you or the gift in you. And not even that, sometimes there are others that may see the potential or see the gift and often will feel a little bit of like intimidation, but there's no need to be like that because we're all one. I literally look at it as just a wandering spirit at times where the, the spirit of rejection will always just work with this like vagabond spirit and you're really stuck and you're just stuck in one place and you're just wandering trying to see if you can fit in or not. And to be honest, the Lord always um, just opened my eyes of my understanding to really understand more, more or less that I was set apart and I'm still set apart. And, you know, I had to, throughout those years, I had to learn how to embrace my difference. That's how I really got set free from the spirit of rejection. Not only that, I did receive interior healing and deliverance from the rejection spirit. But what had happened was I was just so caught up in man, man, man. And I continue to forget about the Lord. I forgot about how the Lord accepted me when other, when man may have rejected me. You know, I really started digging in to the scriptures, going deeper. And what stood out to me in the book of Ephesians chapter one was that we are accepted by the beloved. So I really knew that the, the key to really get free from the rejection spirit was to truly understand that we are accepted by the by God first before man ever rejected us. And so it took many years for me to really get into the the ugly parts of me. So, you know, come on, somebody like the church will often just overlook themselves. They will overlook what's going on in the inside of them. And they will truly just bypass all those feelings, right? You know, the devil always comes to attack your mind, your will, and your emotions. And, you know, I'm not negating that church hurt is, isn't real. It is truly real. But the problem sometimes is yourself. You know, sometimes we may blame the church building or the church people, but we forget that sometimes it's ourselves. Sometimes you may be the problem. I mean, I never really harmed anybody, but with the inside of me, I was the problem because I would just project that hurt to others. Not only that, but I would often just murmur and complain about myself. Like I would complain about that rejection far too much where I would just, would, instead of going to God, I would go to man and say, you know what, this happened to me. This is going on with me, but I really didn't go to God. So there were times where I needed to learn how to get out of my own way and go to God and speak to God about how I felt. So it took many years for me to understand that relationship with God, that no matter how messy you are, you don't have to run away from him when you're messy, but you come to him with all your mess because he's ready to accept you. So I really learned throughout the years that rejection really clouds your mind. 
you know, you wind up being, you know, you wind up speaking in a filter of that rejection, a filter of that hurt or filter of that grief. So it literally took me deliverance to really get free from that root problem, that root problem of rejection. And I'm not saying that because I'm bound with rejection or I'm going through rejection right now, but you know what? The devil will always try to bring certain things in your life back, you know, so you're really stuck in just this labyrinth of, of going through hurt after hurt again. And you know what? It really depends on the person. You know, I always learned from the Lord was it's all about how you react. And I used to always um, being, I was always told that through the people that I love, the people that are really surrounded, surround, that, that surround me, they really always tell me it's all about how you react. So I really learned how not to give the devil the satisfaction, you know. I really learned how to get to God because, you know, when you are a teenager, <laughs> when you are a teenager, you really just start to you think about, you know, it's all about you. You know, it's all about what you're feeling, you know, and, and, and as a teen, you don't know how to really, you don't know how to really counsel yourself, right, and encourage yourself in the Lord. And that was the problem with me. I used to never really encourage myself in the Lord. So when I, the day I remember this particularly, the day when I truly went to God about those things, he literally had told me, I'm teaching you how to depend on me. I'm teaching you how to receive satisfaction from me because man will never satisfy you, but you will always have a void. So the thing is, I always learned that part right there that you really need to learn how to place your faith in God rather than church people because you will always be disappointed. I really got disappointed. I really looked up to certain people and, you know, I'm not saying that they're not forgiven. They are. That's the most important key to what you go through in life is you forgive, you know, your trespassers, those that sin against you. So I really had to learn that that part, you know, and being in the church, I remember myself full of so much hurt, my Jesus, full of so much hurt, just so bound with rejection. I would literally feel the tears rising up. See, I'm speaking about it now, and all I can do is laugh because you know that you're healed. You know that you're healed when you're not projecting that hurt or you're crying or anything. But as I look back, I just remember how so how so many attacks, like mind attacks, came to me. So I remember me just sitting in the midst of that youth, that youth group back then, and just feeling all those aroused feelings. They were always rising up. And I would just look around and I'm just like, Lord, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Mm -hmm. So the first key I want to give someone that's going through rejection right now is just to acknowledge it first. You know, acknowledgement is key. You know, that, that realization that you are hurt, that you are rejected, that you are being rejected right now. But the problem is you cannot give it its allowance to keep on taunting you or plaguing you. See, sometimes we tend to disqualify ourselves due to that rejection. So I really had to learn not to disqualify myself. And that's like a second key right there. You know, first, acknowledgement. And second, it's just to learn how to learn how to truly root that thing out, you know, root it out from the core, you know, because sometimes you need to really see that God truly has chosen you. God truly has accepted you. So I had to go through 
so many years of learning God's validation over my life mm-hmm. until one day I truly broke out from that. And God was just, God was just ministering to me. And one day I was just completely healed. God used a vessel for me one time. He spoke, he spoke to me through a prophetic word. But not only that, I also had many moments in my sacred place where he did heal me. He did, he did do a cross examination in me and he really healed my heart. And there were just times where not only I was rejected, but I was so misunderstood. So there was a lot of feelings that you're going through. And I truly needed to learn also, right? So I wanted to add, I also learned that your feelings are liars. I learned that my feelings should not be able to control me because God has given me a spirit of self-control. So I knew right there that I needed to operate in self-control. I needed to practice that, practice self-control. What does self-control really look like was when you were truly learning how to be unbothered by those things and learning how to be prayerful. See, there are times where just the devil just wants to come at the people of God unguarded. So I had to truly learn also how to guard my heart but without harboring a rejection spirit or without harboring unforgiveness. So I really learned how to guard my heart, guard my ears without really harboring all those feelings. So I really knew that God was my healer. You know, I really knew that through him, I could do all things. So there just came a time where I just began moving on. I began just wrapping my mind around God's word, renewing my mind with God's word, because that's really important. You know, we tend to put far too much dependability on, let's say, the leader or let's say the, the, the lay people, you know, the lay members. We tend to just keep our eyes focused on them instead of God. Mm-hmm. So I really had to learn. It was not also about gifting. It was never about talent, but it was also most importantly about character. So God throughout the years was just forming my character. He was refining me through those those fires in my life. I'm sorry. Well, I, I had to go through all the fire so that I could learn that I was not going to ever come out scorched or burned. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of years where it was just wild things that used to happen to me out of nowhere. <laughs> I used to get accused for certain things. It was just a lot. But I learned how God, through it all, He was still kind. He was Amen. still God. Amen. He never changed on me. Um, I literally learned more of God's faithfulness. And I can tell you that still to this day, I see his faithfulness. Even when certain situations may arise up, I still see his faithfulness. And I'm not going to tell you that rejection doesn't still try and make its way, but I'm unbothered. You see, there's no access to it in my emotions. There's no access to it in my heart. See, I can really see the importance of speaking about it from a healed place. Because if you're not speaking it from a healed place, you're still going to have raw wounds. So what God really wanted to do was really do a divine surgery on all those raw wounds in my life. So I can see, wow, I'm unperfect. I'm imperfect. Um, I look myself in the mirror. There's no one else I'm going against. I'm going against myself. I'm going against the old me. And that naturally was the old me. That was the rejected me. That was the misunderstood me. That was the me that thought I couldn't do it. I thought I couldn't make it. And I literally had to understand that throughout those years, my life was truly hidden with God in Christ. 
So I already knew that my life was hidden in Christ with God. So I already knew that I was set apart and that, you know, sometimes you just outgrow certain environments. You outgrow certain people, you know, and I really need to understood, I understand the, the, the severity of the changing of seasons. God really changes a season. So that sometimes that, that happens as well, where some people may stay in the same place, but you really outgrew it. It's yeah. like a butterfly, you know, a butterfly before the butterfly is blossomed right into what it is. It first needs to go into the cocoon. It's first a caterpillar. So I needed to understand the caterpillar phase in my life for me to understand the metamorphosis that God really wanted to bring me to. Amen. So I knew that God, in order to metamor metamorphose me, I needed to learn that I needed to embrace the cocoon. I needed to embrace those times where I may have felt closed in. I may have felt lonely. I may have felt suicidal. I may have felt depressed or anxious because there was a time in my life. Well, in the year of 2017, I almost died due to depression. I almost died due to anxiety because of all those things. Overthinking. That's another one. Like, you're I wanted to add to that, too, before you get to the overthinking, because um, one of the things I wanted to mention, you were talking about your mind, your will and your emotions. I'm be honest. I don't hear many people say that. Um, that's something I always tell people through inner healing is like, you know, the enemy, he attacks your mind, your will and your emotions. And you have to under you have to know how to defeat that. Um, you know, as soon as like I tell them, as soon as the thought come, you need to be casting that thing down 30 seconds or less. I mean, if you let it go over a certain amount of time, it's already rooted in your mind and it's going to be rooted it in your heart now your emotions and your actions and everything you're going to do is going to stream from that one thought from the enemy and what um, a lot of people don't realize is even when like they're going through deliverance and they're like I'm hearing stuff talk to me like yeah it's always been talking to you like you have to understand that those was never your thoughts to begin with those was always the enemy's thoughts and so when they get deliverance and they're like I don't hear anything like I feel free like I've never felt this type of peace before I feel like a weight came off of me what you have to understand there's a process to that um, and then also there was something that you were talking about was the self-control um, that's a big one okay because in today's society you you get what you want if you you know what I'm saying some people steal to get what they want they lie to get what they want and then we're in a society where people they want what they want when they want it and they go get it. OK, but self-control teaches us to be content, be content with what we have. OK, even you may not have the nicest car, may not have the nicest home or the nicest job. But guess what? You have to be content because where you are content at, no matter what destruction comes your way, no matter how things look, you're going to be content. Like, I don't need more. I'm OK. And me and my husband, we had just went through a season of. Literally being content, like, you know, you, okay, like I was telling my kids, like, we ain't buying all these extra snacks right now, okay? We're going to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and if you want a snack, you go get some fruit, <laughs> right? But he was teaching us that you don't need all these, all these things that you thought that you needed. And sometimes you have to go through a season of um, like what well, we had to experience a season of being able to just pay the bills that needed to be paid. Okay. And being able to eat every day, but it may not, you may not be able to get the stuff that you wanted, but it taught me that this whole entire time I, I could have been like this with, with, with all the finance and being in place, we could have been like this, but because we're so used to having more and wanting more and wanting to see, you know, see more, it's like, you forget about everything else because you're focused on the more. Okay. 
And the other thing that you were talking about was um, that I wrote down was we, is having a peaceful mindset, being in peace in the midst of the storm, because literally you can go. Th- I've been through rejection, a lot of rejection, actually, um, and it hurts. Okay, it puts you in a position to not want to trust anyone else. It puts you in a position to where you get in other relationships and you're putting all of all those emotions, all those hurts, all those thoughts, everything that someone else did over into a new relationship. But what I came to um, like, even when I'm talking to clients, I'm telling them like, hey, when you are still going through what you're going through, okay, you're still going through it, but you have peace in the midst of it. That is how you know you've given, given it to God. When you are in a situation and you're worried, you're stressed, you can't sleep. I mean, you, your stomach is messed up. I mean, you're, you have headaches. You have all these issues going on within your body because you have to understand that when you don't have peace, it causes health issues. It can cause health issues. And so when you have peace, you can now say, I don't care what happened because God got me. I don't care if this doesn't turn out in my favor. I don't care if it do turn out in my favor. You had a place of peace because God's there because he's your, He's the one who sustains you mentally, physically, emotionally. But a lot of times, even when you're talking about putting all everything on man, sometimes we give man too much credit. Sometimes we're trying to look for man to fix our issues when our man is, is Jesus, is God. He, he left his spirit to talk to us, to communicate with us, to convict us, to mold us, to create us us into the image that he want. But a lot of times we're looking for, um, we're looking for people to agree with us. We're looking for our parents to, to agree with what we got going on. We're looking for our children to agree with what we got going on. We're looking for approval through people. And when God told you to do something, okay, or God told you to shut a door or, you know, God tell you to not go back to this place of employment anymore. It's like, well, what is people going to think about me? Okay. How is this person going to um, look at me? I don't want this person to hate me. And it's like, you're putting too much emphasis on man. Okay. Don't give it to man. We have to turn it to God. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was that we have to realize that God is in control. God is in control of everything that we go through. The enemy, he just can't do whatever he want with us. Even in the story of Job, God was very, he he gave certain instructions to the enemies to Satan of what he was allowed to do and what he was not allowed to do. And so if you're in a season right now where you just feel like, I can't do this anymore, or I feel like I'm not at peace. You Maybe this is the time that God is trying to let you know that there's some deep roots that you need fixed. There's some deep roots that you need to uproot. Okay. There's sometimes you got to go to the core. And um, even when I was, I talked to certain people, I have to tell them like, for instance, if you're smoking or you're drinking or you're, you know, doing things that is outside of God's, um, his will for you, you have to understand that that is not the root. The root problem is something deeper than that. That is just the substance that you're using to cover up the root. Okay. So like for me, like what I was telling people when I was, um, sprung out with, with alcohol, you know, and I also was on sleeping pills at one point in my life. That was just what I was using to cover up how I was feeling. The root problem came from a divorce. The root problem coming from being manipulated, abused and controlled and rejection and all of these different different things, court orders and court hearings. That was my root problem. But I didn't. But then I started covering it up with alcohol. I started covering it up with going clubbing and, and inviting men into my home and, you know, sleeping pills to help me sleep at night because I couldn't stop the thoughts. And so that, then what do I do? It started over the next day, go to work, come home, open up a bottle. And then I'm starting this whole mess all over again. 
That isn't my root problem. And so a lot of times people's trying to fix the substance without fixing the root, which is why the substance stay because your root problem have stayed. So when you begin to fix the root problem, you're going to realize that drinking isn't going to be an issue anymore. Smoking isn't going to be an issue anymore. Um, lustful things won't really be an issue anymore. Now, I'm not saying that the enemy won't tempt you when you come up out of this because he indefinitely did will, okay? But because you would be stronger in Christ, because you would have the peace and the love of God, because you are now able to see the bigger problem and you actually able to get the root problem fixed, everything else is going to become a little bit easier. It's not going to be easy to tempt you like he once was. That's right. That's right. That's very true. And so you were just talking about, um, it was something you were talking about right before I had all of this, I was just like storing up, like I got so much to say, (laughs) but you started talking about, I think, was it, I don't know if it was some type of abuse or something you was getting ready to talk about. I really forgot actually. So we could just move forward. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And so, um, let's, I want to ask you, okay. Cause you also was talking about the fact that how, you were early on, you knew you were called. Okay. And I want to start there because a lot of kids in today's society, they're called at a very early age. Okay. We've been seeing a lot of that in the Bible and a lot of times they get treated differently. Okay. Because they're called, but they may not have as many friends. They may not have as many people, you know, that want to interact with them because they're different. Even I had um, interviewed my goddaughter and she was just, you know, she was on the show and I was talking to her because she's in high school. And she was saying like, there's not much for her to do because everyone wants to go and do something different. And she don't want to do those things. And she's trying to make sure she's not going against God. And so how were you treated when it came to um, when it came to just being Christ-like and Christ-minded and knowing that you were called? Wow, uh, that's a really good question. You, when I really discovered that I was chosen from God, uh, there was a lot of upbringing there, a lot of upbringing of conflicts because I literally was the type to be very hands-on and be very obedient to what God you know, would speak to me or instruct me to do, right? Command me to do. And um, there were times where I was getting frowned upon. There was times where I wasn't really getting in that embrace because of the, you know, the, the, the sanctity. And not only that, but the, the hard pressing of the words that God would give me, like very confronting words. That's what I'm in my growing up in the prophetic and my growing up in things in, in ministry to altogether always have been bringing people to this confrontation, like this confrontation with God, bringing them to the encounter with God, but God would always just give me very key things about people's lives. And not that I want to see it, because trust me, I really was at the point where I didn't want to hear anything. I didn't want to see anything because it was too scary for me. I was like that during my teenager, my teenage years. But um, now when I just look back, um, I was just really submissive to what God wanted for me. I really remember the time where I was um, I was 17 years old. There was an event going on, and I do remember the time where I just heard the word of the God. You know, I heard the word of the Lord. I heard the voice of God, and just calling me just to go to this young man. And this young man, like I didn't really know, but only God knew. I, he just had so many, so much depression, so much anxiety. 
and he was all being bullied in school. He was going through certain processes there. So one day I just hear the voice of God just telling me, go. So all I did was I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to just how to think in my mind around the fact that, okay, this is God. This is God really calling me to do something that is just out of, out of the ordinary for me. So I really noticed, you know, I really noticed, you know, this religious spirit always trying to decelerate me and always trying to keep me stagnant from the call of God in my life. So I would always often see, you know, you, you know, you did this wrong. You're not, you're not, you're not meant to, you're not meant to do anything that God tells you here. So I was really very prohibited from certain things that God was calling me to do, but it was, for, it was really necessary. At times I would just go without, just without man telling me, but I would hear the Lord. I would just hear the Lord so cogent, so clear and telling me, go to this person, go to this person and say such things like this. And I would do it and I would see the breakthrough literally to God be the glory, but I would see the breakthrough in people's lives. One day, I that same young man, it was the same young man, it was a youth event, and he just began to scream. So I already knew I was entering deliverance, and I was entering that moment where that young man needed to be delivered. So I started just delivering him for God's glory, and he just began to scream. You would hear depression. You would hear anxiety coming out. You would hear all the rejection, and it was all built up inside. And what I'm trying to get at is... You know, there is so much hidden bondage in the church. And it's great to be very frank, you know, throughout these years, because we have so, we have far too much taboo in the church. We keep things taboo. We, we sweep things under the rug. And not to understand that there are literally people that are hurting. And there are literally people that are hurting in the same place where I was before. I really see back and I'm like, wow, this person, like even right now, I would see people just unhealed and um and just full with burdens and and really just carrying the weight of this world and the weight of sin or the weight of addiction a weight just so much unwanted weight right and they're still living in what you call dead situations they're still going over the past like I was back then I would go through so much just in my mind just in my emotions and it's not like rejection really was really a whole part of my upbringing in God, but it was more of a place where I needed to learn for myself, for future reference. I needed to learn that in the church, healing should be a responsibility. I needed to learn that healing should be the responsibility on our turf, not only on God. You know, you, you know it takes a two-way street in your relationship with God. So why not work on you know, work with God, work in partnership with God to get yourself healed. So I really needed to learn the true importance of self-deliverance in a safe place, from a safe from a safe place, because there are others that may do self-deliverance and they can wind up getting hurt. So I needed to really learn how to really trust in God's leading, trust in His impressions with me and His promptings, and really to lead me through you know, how to really self-deliver myself in a safe way. So I really grew up, you know, conducting deliverance alongside my mother. She's also an apostle um, alongside me. But I also grew up you just lo- letting the Lord use me the best way he can. 
I always said, I always said back then, and I still say now that I'm all in. I always tell God I'm all in, you know, and I always just back then I used to always just humble myself in God's presence. And as I do now, you know, but I used to humble myself and used to just remind myself, it's not just about your passion. It's not just about your zeal, but it's mostly about your character because you could be, you could have all the giftings of God in your life, right? But your character is what will keep that gift together. See, your gift will open up rooms for you, but your character will keep you in the room. So I really needed to learn that. I really need to learn, you know what? There's more to it than just gifting. There's more to it than just wanting to be used in the church. There's more to it than trying to to give people access in your life when you should establish such healthy boundaries. I really needed to learn that. I was just so open-hearted back then. And as I am now, but there's always a, you know, the word of God always tells us in the book of Proverbs to guard our heart above all else, right? For out of it flows the issues of life. So I already knew that the devil was always trying to come and tear down my life by calling God. So I really learned how to guard it in prayer. And that's the problem. People think, oh, but you need to guard your heart from the people. It's not about the people, but it's about guarding your heart with the indestructible, infallible word of God. So I needed to learn how to guard my heart with God's word. I needed to learn how to guard my mind with his, with, with his word and my thoughts, you know, because we are to think of things that are praiseworthy and such and so and so on. So I need, literally needed to learn how to stay planted in God's word. So me hearing his voice venturing me out to do the most craziest things, crazy good things, actually. And I really just had to learn that obedience is my weapon. Obedience is my weapon to get out of my mess. Obedience is my weapon to truly discover that others can be helped when I allow myself to be used by God, but for the right purposes. See, there are people that just go to God with this wrong motive, you know, wrong motive, and they ask him for things, yet they're asking him from uh, an impure place. And that's what I used to really ask God for. I asked the Lord one one time back then, I said, Lord, I'm not asking you to take me out of this situation, or to take me out of the rejection in the church, or take me on the rejection in the world, or, or so on like that. I needed to learn that in order for me to get out, I need to go through it. I need yeah, to learn how to go through it. That is so true. That's true. I had to go through the fire. I had yeah. to go through that furnace of affliction in my life for me to understand, you know what? Sometimes you can't you can't just escape certain processes in your life, but you have to go through it. You know, and I always think one of the things that you just said when you talk about going through it that just came to my mind is literally I saw the Red Sea being parted. Even though wow. the Red Sea was parted guess what? They still had to go through it. (laughs) You know, he didn't just, he just didn't pick them up and say, Hey, okay, now you're on this side. No, he made the way and they had to go through it. They had the Israelites, Moses and them, they had to go through it. And as they went through it, the enemy tried to follow them. And then what happened? They ended up drowning because God closed it back up. (laughs) So, yes. And I I always think about as well, when, um, when uh, Apostle Peter is on the, you know, walking on the water, right. And going to Jesus because he sees Jesus in the horizon. Right. And he's just walking to Jesus and Jesus is like, come to me, you know, walk across the waters. And 
you know, he sunk because of his lack of faith. And that was the one thing I needed to learn back then. And it's not that I'm just trying to bring so much emphasis on lack of faith, you know, but I really want people really that are listening to really learn that, you know, the lack of faith is what will always, you know, take you out prematurely of the situation and you're trying to ignore it. You're trying to say, oh, but it's not there. And that was me back then. I used to just ignore the situation. I used to ignore what's going on around me. I used to just have this lack of faith and saying, you know what, God, just take me out. So that one day I just said, Lord, I'm not asking you to take me out of this, but I'm going to, I'm willing to go through it. I'm asking you to pull me through it. So I learned how to pull him to pull me through. So I was like, Lord, you know what? I'm going to go on it head over heels. I don't know what I'm asking for, but I'm going to do it. So as I asked him to go through it, it got worse, (laughs) but I learned from the God, (laughs) I learned from God that it often has to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. But see, the thing is, is when, when you're praying, you have to realize that the enemy, he he knows you're praying. So he's going to try to turn the heat up a little bit more. Why? Because he wants to stop you from getting to where God have what God has for you. He wants to stop you from your purpose. He wants to stop you from, you know, the plans that God has for you. He wants to put doubt, unbelief and fear in you. And so you're like, hold on, God, like I'm praying, I'm fasting. I'm, I'm going days without eating God. Like, why is this happening? Right. But it's because the enemy, he's trying to throw at you everything he can before God shut him off. Just like Job. I keep going back to the story of Job. Job went through so much. He had people looking at him thinking he was doing things that he shouldn't have done. He had his fr- best friends. You, I would say they were like his best friends, right? Friends that is like, you know, man, just repent. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, don't you see all the destruction that's hitting your life? And Job is like literally pleading with God, fasting with God. But yet, even with him fasting, things was getting turned up even the more. But in the end, what happened is what? He ended up being more blessed. He ended up receiving more children. He ended up receiving more financial stability and in the end of it it's like yeah he had to go through the fire okay what we talked about again going through the fire he ended up going through the fire but in the end it was a beautiful blessing some of y'all right now that is listening is literally going through the fire and you're ready to give up now is not the time to give up now is the time to praise and worship Praise and worship, worship through it. If you don't have another prayer to get out of your mouth, if you can just use your body to worship, use your body to just give God all the glory. Even if you can, all you can do is just throw up your hands and just say, Jesus, I give it to you. That's what you need to do. Um, And that's one thing that I've even learned to do because the enemy, like we go back to the mind is he tries to put these negative doubts and these negative emotions and feelings. And so what you have to do is stand on your word, stand on the word of God to the point where, okay, if you're dealing with depression, okay, what does the Bible say about depression? If you're dealing with anxiety, what does the Bible say about anxiety? Are you dealing with fear? What does the Bible say about fear and begin to stand on those fear, um, not those fears, but those, those biblical principles that's been already placed for us. And so, if you're dealing with something and you hear the thought immediately go to your word okay what does the word say about this and if you don't have something right off maybe you're not able to open up your bible that's where it comes that you need to be studying your word so that when the enemy comes to attack the holy spirit have something to remind you of the thing is is my spirit of god was a little bit different than yours if i'm in my word all the time and you're not in your word when the attacks happen what's going to happen you're going to revert back to your fleshly ways you're going to revert back to what what you've been taught and what you've heard and what you 
you've seen. But when you have been in your word, you've been studying it, you've been applying scripture. Every time something comes up, you're going back to the word. The Holy Spirit is going to have something to remind you of. Okay, that's why you have to make sure that you are equipped. It's like sending the army out and they have not been trained. Okay, (laughs) you are in training season, even now. And some of you right now, you may not be going through much of warfare or trials or anything like that. Now is the time to be equipping yourself. Now is the time to be studying even the more because the attack is coming. As long as you are a child of God, it's coming. Okay, when we choose and we chose to um, come over to Christ and we're like, you know, I'm going to do this life with God. A lot of people go. Well, I didn't have this much issues before. It's like, yeah, you was on the devil's side and he didn't need to bother you. You're already going to hell, you know. But now that you have made this this choice to change, what's happening? The enemy sees you as a threat. Oh, hold on. They're walking towards their purpose. Hold on. They're getting up in alignment with God. I got I to attack. I got to start messing with them because you are no longer his. Okay. So I want you to be encouraged just because just because of what it looks like now, right now. And it's not, it's not going to be that way forever. But the last thing I want to say is that a lot of times you have to go through what you're going through in order for you to have growth. Growth don't come by going through nothing. Growth come when you experience it hurt, experience pain, experience the rejection that we're talking about. Um, you know, and a lot of people, they ask like, well, how come, you know, if, 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 we, if, if I'm walking over to Christ and now I'm doing, you know, doing everything right and trying to do everything right, why, why now? It's because now God is trying to conform you to him. He wants you to be the image that you saw Jesus be. Okay, we would never be perfect. No, but you can strive to be perfect. You can strive each and every day to get up, to defeat the enemy, to defeat the, um, the, the temptations and the desires of this world, the flesh. And you strive each and every single day. That's why God's words say, focus on today. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. You don't need to worry about next week because a, a time frame for us is completely different from um, God's time frame. Completely different, okay? And so um, I want to ask you, you know, what is your platforms? What is, how can people reach you if they want to reach you? And if you have any last remarks or anything else to say, please feel free. Can't hear you. Oh, you can't hear me? Okay, I can now. Okay, great. You can hear me? Yes. Awesome. Um, before I deliver my platforms, I want to piggyback on worship. Yes. I remember those times in my life where I used to constantly hear this song from Hillsong United. I used to hear even when it hurts. So I really learned how to praise him, to worship him, even when it hurt me, even when I was zapped with my strength. I had to learn really how to really worship and open my mouth, you know, so the midst of your situations, the devil will always try and right. His imps will always try to muzzle your mouth for you never to see your authority. So he's constantly trying to outsource your authority. So I literally had to learn. I'm just going to get up. I'm just going to open my mouth. I'm just going to worship God through it. And to be honest, worship is what worship and prayer Right. And fasting really helped me get out of that situation, get out of those times in my life where I felt like it was never going to get better. And when I began to worship, great breakthrough was achieved. I was receiving that achieved breakthrough in my life. And to be honest with you, coming to now, worship is all I do. Prayer is all I do. Um, 
I always say I'm a man of just a very few words, but when I open my mouth and God has me to speak, I have a lot of words to say, <laughs> but um, you definitely um, being now just a, a senior leader, right? An apostle of Remnant Fire Church. That's my congregation. Uh, I see so many just come to me with for counsel that gone through the same things that I have gone through at the time of my life where I know that I felt like I wasn't worth enough. I felt like worthless. I felt as if I was just too messy for God. I felt like those things. And to see the people that are encountering healing, deliverance in our congregation, or even so when I travel for God's word, right? And, you know, as itinerant, on an itinerant way, um, I always see many lives being changed, lives being transformed. And, you know, I give God all the glory because, you know, there is, he is truly a light in the midst of the darkness. And I just want to say that really quickly before, um, before I just give my platforms out. Um, I just really want to say that God was never leaving us, even when we think he moved. Sometimes we may move from him because we're just too messy or it's not just in regards to sin, but it's also in regards to your emotions, your, your feelings get in the way. You know, it's really great to really understand that no matter what you go through, God is always going to be there. No matter what you go through, God is always going to form you. God is always going to re refine you. God is always going to just show you that you can do this with him by your side. And, you know, with you and God together, you're unstoppable. Yeah. So I want to add that because um, when you were talking about the worship part, um, one of the things that came back to me was when I have this song, it's called Dependable, Co Dependable God. I don't know if you ever heard of it. You should look it up um, if whoever have not heard that. But I remember going through this incident where. I have already faced this trial where one of my kids have ran away. Okay. Because of manipulation and control. And then I end up experiencing it a second time because his, his, um, other, my other son, my middle son follows him, like follows a lot that he does. And that's why I try to tell my oldest son, like, you have to be careful what you do because your brother is always following you. Okay. So he ended up running away and I was, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was hurt. <laughs> I was like, God, First, and I ain't gonna lie, this is my words, okay? And I have to repent. But I said, God, first you take my first son and now you're taking my second one. What else do you want from me? Like, that was what I was literally asking because it, it hurt, you know? And I'm just oh. like, you know, um, but God was showing me there there were some things that I still had to work on because there were some areas I was still failing in, which is why it was allowed to happen. <laughs> and um, I remember I didn't have a prayer, I, I didn't really have any too much tears left, but what I had was worship left and I turned on the music and the dependable God was literally the song that literally all I could depend on because it talks about like basically depending on God through everything like he's dependable regardless of what your situation is he's dependable and I put that thing on loop I probably listened to about 10 15 times I probably sat there for an entire hour replaying and replaying because I had to drown out the voices of the enemy because like I said I didn't want to get in my word I didn't want to pray I didn't want to cry like literally, mm -hmm. I just wanted to scream and and not do anything, you know, like at the same time, it's like I, my insides was screaming. OK, and upset with God. But God is he He turned it around for my good. And, you know, looking back on it now and, you know, and it's a, I'm in a different situation with that whole thing now. And but I'm at peace, too. Um, and I was just like, you know what, God, at the end of that day, you can take my children from me. 
You can take my spouse from me. You can take anything from me. I need to be in peace because as long as you don't leave, it's nothing like having God leave you and you have no peace. But God can take any and everything from you, any and everything. You know, you got some people who's looking for homes and like, I don't even have the money to buy a home or to be in a place. And they're in their car right now, probably listening to this. But you have to understand as long as God don't leave you, it's a type of peace that you can't get from anything else or anybody else. All right. And I wanted to leave y'all with that. And, I'm, and I was just like, God, you know, I really don't talk about that issue too much, you know, but I really feel like there was someone that needed to hear that. Um, and I wanted to be obedient by speaking. It's like literally God have me transparency all the time. I'm like an open book. <laughs> so um, what is your platform? Where, where are you from? Matter of fact, if you don't mind me asking. Oh, um, I'm from New York. Okay, New York. New York. And um, I live in Connecticut. So I'm in the state of Connecticut. Um, my church, Remnant Fire, is located in East Hartford, Connecticut. And um I'm, but I live in New Britain, so um, I'm actually I'm actually 24 years old. Just okay. to get to know me, I am 24 years old in ministry. It's been years <laughs> in ministry, um, and not only that, my platforms are uh, Instagram. I'm Apostle B and underscore Apostle B underscore and. Um, Facebook, I'm just Brian Feliciano. <clears throat> you can find me there. Um, on TikTok, I'm Apostle Brian Feliciano 99 for people to find me. And um, and that's about it right now. Okay. That's all the platforms I have. But yeah, um, I really hmm, loved your story. I really loved the, the transparency because it's really important for you know, the church of God to be transparent with their story. There is a phrase that um, my mother had um, come up with where the Lord really spoke to her on this thing and really brought emphasis on there. She literally, the Lord really told her, your story is for my glory. So we just go around with that phrase, you know, my story is God's glory. Yes. And some people may not like what you testify some people may not like to hear what you're testifying. And as I look about it, I'm like, no, this is my story. And my story is God's glory. So I already know that because it's my testimony, no one can take away the experience I have with God. You know, no one can have the, take away the experiences that I've been with God. I've seen so many miracles in my life. I've seen so many miracles for others, even in the church or outside of the church. I've seen God come through. Not only that, but I've seen healing. I've seen deliverance. I've seen just the hand of God and the heart of God minister to me in my life. Um, there are times where <clears throat> people will often just overlook what God is doing right behind the scenes, but I'm the kind of person where I just love to acknowledge God in secret and also in public, but I also love to look towards the things that he's doing behind the scenes, the things that I can pray for behind the scenes, the things that <clears throat> not only in my life, but for others, I can see God really moving in their lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just very important that that godly character continues to be formed because through the times of testing, God will always provide a way out so that we can may endure it. Yes. Amen. 
Thank you so much. And I would have never guessed 24. Okay, you got your head on right. <laughs> I'm so glad. I, I wish that I have gotten into God and, and changed my life at the age of 24. No telling where I would be right now. <laughs> so um, thank you everyone for tuning in. This is Pastor Zach Kira Robinson with Apostle Brian Feliciano. And if, if by any chance you did not get to catch this at the beginning, okay, what you can do is hop over to my YouTube and you'll be able to listen from the very beginning. All right. And you can also also catch it, you know, take notes if you have to replay if you need to also share it with someone that God places in your heart. This is um, again, Pastor Zachary Robinson, and I am with Wave 94. Be blessed. I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer chained. I'm no longer captive, no longer restrained. Delivered, set free and free to be me. Let me introduce myself. Thank you so much for tuning in to Be The Light. If you are looking for a life coach or maybe you're looking for some inner healing, please visit BeTheLight.Live. Again, that is BeTheLight.Live. And you can also follow us on YouTube for a replay of this show at Zakia Robinson. Be blessed. My name is Freedom.